welcome to episode 97 of the Earl Game Podcast. I'm Faris and as usual with me is my lovely, wonderful, esteemed, highly praised, highly successful, incredibly beautiful colleague, John. Hi, John. Nice. How are you? Pulled out all the adjectives <laughs> from the toy box there. Lovely stuff. Yes. Um, very good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, really good. Thank you for that uh, kind introduction. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's cold, bitter weather. Uh, oh, God, so it's the perfect so time to be inside playing games of an evening or a weekend. Um, yes, yeah. But no, besides the cold weather, it has been nice. We've been, uh, well, been playing something quite fun that we can talk about next week. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really surprised me. I've really been enjoying. Um, but yeah, ready for some pretty good news this week, I'd say, to talk about. Yeah, I've also been playing something that we're not allowed to talk about yet. I think we can review what it is. I'm playing Like a Dragon of the Wealth, and you're nice. playing Enshrouded. And I'm playing Enshrouded, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the embargoes are still until next week. So on next week's episode, we will talk about those games, um, which have kept us nice and warm over the cold days. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> good way of putting it. It's a good way of putting it. Um, but yeah, also been pretty good. Have potentially had a... Uh, I had a great time with the demo of Infinite Wealth, which I'm allowed to legally talk about. Uh, not going to say any, anything more. Um, and yeah, really, really enjoying that aspect of this really, really horrible weather. People have to understand that like we're basically in an ice age right now. It's been like minus temperatures all the time i think i think the lowest was like minus 12 everything's frozen there's like a snowstorm once a week it's, yeah. it's quite dire yeah. <laughs> it's wild i think it's being felt globally there's like america having uh you know record 70 yeah. was like uh sub-zero in america a few days ago Damn. but yeah as you say same here like uh it was snowing just last night it's quite i mean it was yeah, bittersweet i do actually really like the snow so i was walking about yesterday and like it was so cold icicles were like my hair was freezing in place and stuff <laughs> um but it was really cold i couldn't possibly get uh, one of those little electric renter scooters which i sometimes like to take from the station so there's a bitter like 10 15 minute walk or something through the snow but it was quite nice it's freshly fallen untouched yeah it was really nice i love snow it, i love snow but it, it was also just bitterly cold i also love snow but it's just too cold like it's just too much I think that's enough of the weather report. I have played a game, John, that I am allowed to talk about, and that is Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. I already uh, gave kind of my first, uh, uh, not first impression, like basically my review last week. I've now finished it. And I can basically just kind of double down on what I said last time. It stayed excellent. Like, I think this is a tremendously good video game. It's um, super fun until the end to 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 do the movement to do the combat the game feel of this of this title is really really incredible like i would say if not the most fun i've had with movement in a, movement in the game it's definitely up there like really 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 strong in that regard and it stays strong from and until the end it has really really fun boss fights uh i think one aspect i kind of didn't talk enough about which i really command this game for is its abilities because obviously you often you have a lot of overlap in this type of game of like oh you're gonna get a double jump and you're gonna get a dash and obviously you have all of that stuff in here as well all the classics yeah but i was constantly until the end surprised with what cool and unique and weird abilities they give you like there's there are a couple of moments where i thought 
oh, I'm going to get an ability. This surely must be the double jump. And then it was like something so weird that it took me like a minute to even read like the instructions. You know, when you pick it up, there's like a window popping up, like you can do this now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even yeah. understand what you're saying. And then you use it and you're like, oh, this is so cool. Does it and, use the... Yeah. Sorry, there's like blue energy in the marketing. I can see actually, like you know, like the uh, the picture. I can see actually now. Uh, you see the um, like the main promotional image of the main character. I think it's Sargon jumping through yeah. the air, and there's like blue energy, a trail of it following him. <laughs> oh yeah, is it's it my like a teams. kind of <laughs> exactly? Is it like a kind of um, is that uh, what the what charges these abilities? Is it like a kind of magical power he has, or? Um... Yeah, it's 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 a thing they mostly use for uh, very impressive, cool staging. Like the, there are a lot of cutscenes in this game, and a lot of like special effects and stuff, which are very, I would say, Dragon Ball inspired. And you have, um, it's very anime. It's very exaggerated of like, yeah, Sargon, like in this case, um, um, charging his energy, and like he's part of the immortals who are like an elite squad in Persia, like in real life, there were like an elite squad of soldiers. Here they're basically like the suicide squad or something. They're like basically superheroes. And all of them have this like special energy and his is blue. And uh, you also have like special attacks which are called Afra Surge, like Afra is the energy. So it, it comes into play in, in this, you have like a meter that you build up and then you, you can do a special ability, but you do have it in like, uh, it is connected also to your power. So, for example, when you do an air dash, uh, there's like a blue uh, trail that Sargon leaves behind and and stuff like that. And it's uh, it's mostly because it looks cool and because you have the like special effect system, which which uses this as a sort of resource. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I did wonder whether I I assumed it must have had some you know in-game yeah. mechanical use and uh, yeah when I saw it, but. Yeah, I th I'm glad that it's got more abilities. I thought it was going to be more of just a classic, uh, you know, double jump, sure, single jump, maybe an in-air dash, but I thought it would not give you too much more than that. But there is real depth to the, you know, mechanical side of this then. There's one, I'm going to just spoil one to, to give you a taste of how cool it is. There's, I think it's even the second one you get, which was a surprise, where you can leave a shadow, it's called. And if you press the button again, you will be teleported back to that location and uh, where the shadow is located and you can use that uh, the game very cleverly uses that for like puzzles so like uh, the first puzzle you have with this is like there's like a huge block which is moving around and you can't get past it so you wait until it goes the furthest back walk up there uh, um, place your shadow then walk back the 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 block moves your direction past the shadow then you teleport back and are behind the huge uh, block, and then can can move forward. Ah, that's it does cool. That's stuff really like nice, that all yeah. the time. It's so clever and satisfying, uh, especially in the platforming. It, it it's so clever. It's very challenging in a way that uh, surprised me, but never in a frustrating way. It's it's it really like a hardcore platformer where like all the time in the game, especially in like when you explore, but also in a lot of the the main path, there are like these little gauntlets that you have to go through, like little courses. And uh, you have to if if you if you if you die if you like fall on the spikes uh, you don't die you just get teleported back to the beginning of the course basically immediately so it's like really fast pace and if you make a mistake or if you fail a jump or whatever you're immediately back at the beginning and none of them are like super long 
they're just like so intricate and dense that you have to like basically learn a a, a certain pattern of like oh I need to do the double jump here then dash through this wall then jump off the wall then then drop my shadow then do this like you have to like learn these uh, routines and that has like I could play another twenty hours of just that. It was yeah, so. Yeah, I was fun. thinking I I would I would come for the boss fights and the nostalgia, but I would stay for the puzzles. That seems like there's something really captivating yeah. there that would keep you going long term. Definitely, definitely the yeah. game's biggest strength, and everything yeah. else is great as well. So huge, huge recommendation. I I really love this, and this will be one of my games of the year. I'm one hundred percent convinced. Oh wow! Well, I like it. I like the uh, early yeah. confidence in a prediction, but it's it's not even the end of Jan. Who knows? It might be That's like last year, game. and there are like you know surprises along the way. I mean, obviously we probably can't expect the same year, but it's already looking pretty good with uh, well, you know, stuff we'll talk about next week. Stuff that you can talk about this week with the uh, um, Prince of Persia. No real stinkers so far either. I think we got Gollum in the spring last <laughs> year, but so far everything's been, you know, about uh, yeah. you know, hitting hitting five hundred, doing pretty solid. Um, yeah, I mean, Tekken Eight might be. Hmm. Potentially, potentially the one that I could see uh, not landing as well as the other things this month. But I, I don't know that world enough. That's just, they, uh, yeah, a, did, a loose prediction. Did you see that uh, video they released, uh, which was like a story recap um, narrated no, and acted by Brian Cox by of Brian Succession? Brian Cox. Yeah, wow. plays Logan Roy. Oh, <laughs> I remember this uh, like news, but I didn't actually see the video itself. It's so hilarious, and it genuinely made me want to play the game. Like, uh, very good, random, random as fuck. But I, I love when PR does like fun stuff. Yeah. And, and he- hearing him talk about like the king of the Iron Fist tournament and Jun Kazama against Heihachi Mishima, it's like so hilarious. And they put him to like these really che- uh, deliberately cheesy green screen backgrounds, you know, because it's like. They're always like fighting on volcanoes and stuff, so he's like yeah. basically in a volcano, or like in a desert or something. It's it's so good, and it it almost doesn't matter how good the game is now. I want to play it <laughs> because that's of that. Cool, yeah, I mean, for any Succession fan, that's gonna be a huge win having him in your marketing. That's cool. Yeah. that's cool. Have you played anything else uh, uh, besides Prince of Persia and um, Like a Dragon? No, Infinite no. Wealth. Sorry, don't know which one of those two to call it for shorthand, but yeah. Uh, unfortunately not. Have you played anything you're allowed to talk about? Uh, nothing. Uh, no. No, I haven't. Um, no, I think I'm trying for the next... Se- oh, I might be playing Lethal Company soon. But I can't oh, talk about that until I have. But uh, we might be playing it for our early game game night. But I'll, maybe yeah. I'll be able to talk about that next week. But no, I haven't been uh, playing anything new this I'll, week. I will play that too. I will join nice. the early game game night. And I'm very excited because... I just yesterday listened to yet another podcast where people played it for the first time. Like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. And it finally was like, okay, I'm going to get it. I'm going to try it out. And then today, um, someone in our company was like, hey, let's play that together. And I'm like, oh, perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah really excited. It seems so good. I'm, I'm really, really excited to check it out myself. It looks like the kind of game that as long as you've got uh, some friends to play it with, you're bound to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, should um, we move into the news? The future. Yeah, let's do the news. We have some really interesting stories, I would say. Yeah. Oh, let's start with what I'm most excited about, John. Uh, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Do you remember Elden Ring? Who could forget? 2022's <laughs> Game of the Year. Um, and do you remember that last year they announced an add-on called Shadow of the Earth Tree and then said nothing else about it ever again? They dropped one image 
the name and then radio silence for a year. Uh, and it has, it made everyone go crazy. <laughs> um, of course, like Elden Ring fans have been just crazy with like theories, leaks, uh, hidden messages, uh, all kinds of stuff. And now um, <clears throat> we have maybe the most concrete hint yet. Because on the Steam uh, database entry for Elden Ring, in the DLC section, a new entry has appeared fairly recently, a few days ago, I think on the 10th of January, which unfortunately doesn't have any concrete details to it. Uh, the, the files that have been added uh, don't have a name. We don't know the file size. Um, but obviously, if DLC is added to the game, it has to be Shadow of the Earth Tree, which means that it is basically now part of Elden Ring's Steam database, which had people jumping to all kinds of conclusions. I think what this means um, is that, yeah, I think this will finally be revealed very soon because um, if they add it to the, if they basically add a Steam page for it, that means they're getting ready to like roll out the marketing and and release the thing. Uh, the, probably the most common theory about when this thing will come out is late February, thanks to some weird leaks. There was like one, um, I think it was a, uh, I think it was a company that made, that made like makes like custom controllers or something, um, and they they made an uh, they were making an Elden Ring controller and accidentally released a. A promotional image or like an eternal image that says oh this is coming out in february coinciding with the release of shadow of the earth tree um and also it's the two-year anniversary of of Elden ring and there was like um an investor call where they said that it would come out within the fiscal year that ends in late march so that will fall into that period as well so yeah pretty it seems strong to... bits of evidence that's pretty strong nice. that's pretty yeah. strong if it, it feels imminent what 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 do you feel about it i mean you still haven't played the main game but <laughs> no i'm like the uh i'm like uh the the sort of stranger or the landlord and you've emerged from the kind of research den uh and, I, and you kind of grabbed me shaking me like with your end of world prediction yeah yeah like the it's always sunny meme with like uh, on the board with all the yeah uh, yeah <laughs> And it I'm, must and I'm be happy February. for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, but no. In, in, in absolute all seriousness, I think with these three bits of, I would say, fairly strong evidence when you stack them one by one, I think it makes a perfect sense. And it's also, you know, within the time frame of what we'd expect. We know officially from them they're working on DLC. It's about two years, or it's soon going to be two years since the launch of the game. You look back on how long they've taken to do other DLCs. You'd expect this one to be a little bit longer. Little, it's just a big yeah. game. But it looks like they're going to um, deliver that. And I, I think it totally is expected in Feb. I tried to have a look at, uh, like, uh, like events between now and Feb when uh, I saw this news. But there's nothing huge that jumps out to me. It's like, oh, they'll reveal it here or here kind of thing. So maybe what? You think we just get, like, some kind of uh, release via their YouTube or their Twitter? There's a there's a Steam Next Fest on February 5 to Feb 12. Oh, that's for them but... Yeah. So I... I think just because it's nice and everyone's into this idea that it will be the two-year anniversary, that which would be February 24, which will be f five days ahead of uh, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> um. Um, but I could see that, and I think um, this is the kind of thing, obviously, Elden Ring, incredibly huge game. Like, 
cannot be overstated how much of a success this game was. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it now, still has right now, uh, and it's in the middle of the night in America, 70,000 people playing on Steam. So that's insane for a single player game. Uh, which is two years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't think they even need that much marketing. Like, I think they could even do a shadow drop, maybe not, but they could be a fit. They could do a thing of like, okay, here's the first proper trailer. This thing's coming out in two weeks. Like, I think they could absolutely do that. And it would like be a fun. short turnaround from, yeah, yeah. official reveal to... Because, like, there's yeah. so much pressure on this thing. Like, Elden Ring in general, but, like, this DLC as well, because because of the mystery of it, which I don't know how deliberate that was, but they have played it well, where, like, it's the kind of thing where every time there's a big show now, like a Summer Game Fest or Game Awards, the number one prediction everyone says, like, oh, we're going to see Shadow of the Earth Tree. And they're always, we were all always wrong. Uh, but like the anticipation is just so high that you don't really need to do an extended marketing thing. No, uh, it'll be yeah. a huge commercial success either way. No, yeah. you, you're you're right. I just wondered if they'll give it some lead time, you know, maybe a couple of weeks. I think it's huge. I think it's also quite nice that this is one of the few companies left uh, that are still doing for single player games, those big uh, content rich DLCs that fans clearly want. Whenever there's a single-player game that's popular, the number one thing you see Googled for afterwards, almost inevitably, is X game plus DLC web. People yeah. desperately want DLC. They want add-ons to experiences they can't let go of if they've latched on, enjoyed it for, say, 20, 30, 40 hours. But it's becoming so rare, because I, I, I guess it's just less profitable than try and make it a live service or some horrible equivalent of that. So it's awesome that, you know, you know that A, it's coming and that it's coming for a really good game, but also from these guys, it's going to be, I think it's going to be meaty. I think people are going to get hours and hours yeah. out of this. It's going to be loads of new map, new bosses, new everything. You know, I think this is going to be huge, at least based on the previous DLCs of theirs I've played. And I'm not a complete uh, FromSoft aficionado, but I played a couple of the, the two uh, ones they did for DS3. And they were both, yeah, as I say, content rich, gave me a really nice, enjoyable 10, yeah. 20 hours, and it took you to a new environment altogether as well. So everything was a bit different, and it was both visually refreshing as well as getting all these new quests and bosses I, and such. I actually have, I'm actually not really a DLC person. Like, even with games I really, really love, I very rarely go back to if like DLC comes out after the fact. I think what this has as an advantage for someone like me is that it's now been two years and I'm kind of itching to go back. You know, like I kind of want to go back to Elden Ring anyway. It's not like season one, three months after launch kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I haven't played it um, for two years and I am, um, uh, yeah, I'm excited to go back now. Uh, but yeah, I've played the Bloodborne DLC and the Dark Souls 1 DLC, which are both so excellent. And you're right, we also have already heard from an insider who has a proven connection to FromSoft, um, Lance McDonald, who said, yeah, this thing is going to be huge. Like, what they're working on here is huge. It's, it's at least one major region. And like, if you've played Elden Ring, you know that like each region in the game is like huge. Some of them are like really, really huge. And uh, yeah... Uh, this is definitely going to be a big thing. And I'm really, really excited. And they can charge me almost anything as well. I think it's yeah. probably going to be like around kind of the 30 buck region, something like that, I, I reckon. I, th I, th I think that is also... I think that's the upper... I think it'll be worth that. And I think that'll be like the upper uh, 
limit on it. You know, may- maybe it's as cheap as 25 or 20. But yeah, that's that's a good region for it. And I'm sure everyone will be happy to play if you've played through Elden Ring and, you know, oh, yeah. you-, you can see the quality you're getting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely so, yeah. huge. Really nice to start with a positive story this week. Yeah, let's start with a less, uh, let's move on to a less positive thing. Potentially. Yeah, okay, let's do it. This is an interesting one. So, um, do you remember, John, that, uh, do you remember a game called Halo Infinite? I'm gonna, I have to stop doing this bit. No, yeah, no, no. I sad, I sadly do. Halo Infinite, the uh, the the promised, uh, yeah, the promised game that uh, sadly petered out quite quickly post launch. It was great though. Like the multiplayer was a lot of fun, but yeah, it um, was quite thin, and people got bored of it and left. And one very long rumor, I th- I think uh, I wrote this down somewhere. Since January twenty twenty two, it was rumored that. Um, Another company affiliated with Microsoft, not free for free, but this uh, development studio called Certain Infinity was working on a Battle Royale game based on Halo Infinite or like an extended mode. Um, I think it started as a mode and it was supposed to be its own game. And it was always known as Project Tatanka. And apparently this has now been cancelled. Uh, this was claimed by um, people from the Xbox Era podcast. Um namely Special Nick and Sika, Sika Mikaniko, I think that's how you pronounce the name, who is a, um, the latter is a, 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 I just found out, a, a, actually a very um, known Forge map maker, has been for years and is very closely tied to 343. Um, and Nick also has uh, reported on a lot of Microsoft internal stuff. Um, they don't have the best track record, but it can be um, the chance that what they're saying is is true is is quite high in this one. But yeah, they're saying that Tatanka is now cancelled. Like whatever the game was supposed to be, it's not coming out. However, uh, it might they might still do something because um, Schreier, Jason Schreier from Bloomberg reported a few months ago that. What, what this project was, what they worked on for, for a few years, has changed internally into something different. Um, so that game could still come out from certain Infinity through Microsoft. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still a Halo thing, I'm not sure if it's still a Battle Royale thing, but what Tatanka was supposed to be, which was supposed to be a Halo BR, that's not going to happen anymore. I think they missed the boat on that. I think we were still yeah. kind of over head over heels with Battle Royales a couple of years ago when it launched. And I think Halo Infinite had a real chance to strike while the iron was hot, uh, especially when the console, the current gen console war wasn't so thoroughly won by PS5 yet. They had a real chance there with an amazing kind of Halo Infinite Battle Royale. Uh, I understand huge amount of resources going to this kind of thing, and you can see they weren't supporting even the base game of Halo, so it doesn't surprise me that this was too ambitious to actually pull off and eventually ended up cancelled. Huge shame. I think I would have really enjoyed a Halo BR. But so I, think, I think it's too late now. I think they might still do something, but it'll morph into... It'll probably fail, but I think everyone, or a lot of big publishers at the moment, are looking to try and get ahead of the curve on what the next shooter sensation is. Because we had this kind of, we were sort of jokingly talking about this in the office recently, but just the idea that so many of these BRs that were once massive even a few years ago are all down bad or have had to change and shift what they are. You know, Fortnite's become this metaverse. Apex is, you know, it's still quite a healthy game, but it's, it's you know, dwindled. There's nothing exciting there to get new players. Warzone's down horrendous. Uh, PUBG nowhere near as popular. PUBG Mobile's still good, but not the main PUBG. 
you know, there's just, I think we're looking for something, the next thing after the Battle Royale. There was a small period of people that were trying loads, uh, you know, what's it, extraction shooter style stuff. Uh, and we had loads of hype and we got loads of Tom Clancy extraction shooter trailers that all kind of blended into one in my memory uh, over the last, yeah, maybe 18 months. I don't think that's the answer. I don't think enough people are into that kind of hardcore, high jeopardy Tarkov style gameplay loop. It's it's I don't know what it is. Obviously, that's the that's the billion dollar question. What's the next kind of BR thing? Um, but it doesn't surprise me that Halo Infinite have realized, you know, too late to jump on that market change. See if you can come up with something refreshing and new, if at all, if they haven't just completely canned this. Uh, yeah, a shame, but but I guess predictable because uh, they kind of needed to be uh, the Halo Infinite was so the kind of um, the engine just and slow. the just look of it was it was just so slow. And as you say, content thin. But the the core, the structure, the skeleton there was so good at launch. Amazing. If they had able to had a uh, full campaign, full co-op, forge in a BR mode, I know that's a, that's asking to move <laughs> uh, heaven and earth. But just playing a pure, just just doing a pure counterfactual here, I I bet that game could have done astonishingly well and really had more of an impact on the yeah the current the current generation's console sales. But there wasn't enough there to... At the, at the base, it was just like, yeah, 12 maps or t- eight maps or something, a few core modes, and a campaign which, you know, what's a, what's a Halo campaign without co-op? And controversial at best, yeah, the weird kind of uh, public event-style campaign thing they did. Um, yeah, it's a shame, though, about the BR especially, because I really think it would have been... Like, the Halo world is very conducive to a BR, I think. You know, there's already so much vehicular play going on. You can already have planets that have a reason to explode or shrink. Uh, so much yeah. lore accurate dropping from the sky uh, to the yes, ground, you know? For sure. <laughs> Those halo drops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. From the back of a pelican, landing somewhere, you know, teams of three. I think there's so much in Halo that would have worked for this. And already it's multiplayer. Is you know, you pick up and you find your weapons. It's not coming from a loadout uh, history sure. like call of duty there's loads there that would have worked well with it um but you know as i said i think t- too late too late for that and uh, probably not enough resources we'll see i don't know what the the the, the future of halo is very uncertain yeah um, especially now that microsoft have acquired activision i wonder whether that i wonder whether that helps somehow or whether i really hope that there's some interesting collaboration there but uh, i wouldn't i won't count on it yeah but, we'll yeah. see uh, Halo's down bad, as as the kids would say. Um, yeah. I just want to say in the shooter stuff because I don't believe in the extraction shooters. That feels like a forced thing to me. It's like, oh, everyone's doing extraction shooters now, right? Isn't that great? And it barely feels like its own genre. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Everyone wants that a bit of the Tarkov cake, but it's it's basically just BRs with extraction, right? Like, what's that interesting about it? Uh, I it it kind of feels. It, it, it doesn't feel as like organic uh, and as exciting as BRs did when they first became big. It makes sense that like eventually people want something new, and also there's very limited space. Like how many in general with like service games, how many can you play at once? Like one or two maybe, and then you almost kind of then you don't have any hours in your day left, right? Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, that's so true. Like if you and so many people are already into Fortnite. Um, or PUBG or whatever the BR of choices. Apex is still there. Uh, Apex is, is still around. Uh, I wonder, I'm looking at something like the finals, 
And I wonder if that is maybe um, a step into the future where it does have the life service stuff. It's it's very clearly very inspired by Fortnite in terms of like its structure, in terms of how, how it works with skins, the vibe and everything. But the gameplay itself is smaller. It's more focused. It's maybe more tactical. It has uh, very familiar elements, but like adds new twists to it maybe something like that maybe even something like x defiant if that still is a thing yeah that, i know I, what you mean about those you know, like the finals x defiant yeah like at least they're try like i'm more um excited i don't know if those two are the ones that will get it right but i know what you mean that maybe the evolution should be not trying to keep iterating on br and trying to squeeze something out of that dry rag at this point but maybe try and go as you say in that direction you're know, back to maybe more focused tactical gameplay but you kind of accept that we're in the age of the battle pass. So that's there to stay. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's either of those two for their own individual issues. I think part of it is also uh, how expensive it is. And this is, I think, undervalued a lot, actually, by gamers. But how expensive it is for studios to get that really crisp, smooth feeling that's essential for gunfights and those kind of fast shooter games right. And that's just a really expensive, difficult thing. And that's what hurts X Defiant, is it's... it's uh, I, I, In many ways, the balance in the game design is better than COD. But it does feel, especially if you've just come off COD and then you jump straight onto that game, it feels a bit rusty around the edges. It doesn't feel yeah. as smooth. The animations aren't quite as clean. Um, and my thing with the finals, I actually do really like. That's very promising. I like they're trying to think new. My problem with the finals is I think it's fundamentally with that kind of a really objective-focused game is it's really difficult to make it work solos or solo yeah. queuing. I've heard that so much now yeah. about this game. Because it's like you need you need to have a team that want to do something. Because if, if you're playing solo and people randomly jump in solo, in all shooter games, really, no matter how complicated, difficult, high IQ they might be, a lot of people's just instinct is to, okay, as long as I just go kill. If I just go find people, play my life, kill others, it's a shooter. That's what i got to do, right? And in this game, it's so much more the emphasis on doing these other tasks. And it's so hard to coordinate not killing and focusing on those things instead when you're solo queuing. And, you know, these days, very few people have mics as publicly just a shame but they don't so it's it's really hard to yeah to work solo and i think that just hurts the mass appeal for the casual fan base because just a ton of people want to jump into these kind of games and not with a mic on and play and do okay you know which they can in most but that's where the finals is definitely uh you know e even if you're clearly not as skilled in your gun skill i bet a team of three who were like knew each other and talking could beat people significantly better than them based on individual skill in the finals which is to the game's credit in many ways like i bet the esport of this game is going to be sick but uh the ca it just hurts it from a casual perspective yeah 100 because i've only played the final solo and i enjoyed it but i could just tell that like i'm missing out on a lot here like um and it, it felt quite hard and it felt kind of demotivating like you're totally right um same with Siege, like I played Siege for I, over a year on my own and was like, I'm yeah. I, I, I'm done. And then like only came back once my friends finally got the game. And then we played it for endless hours. Like it's, it's just a thing. And uh, yeah, we'll see. It's it's gonna, it's an interesting transition period for the shooter market also. And with Call of Duty going to Microsoft and we'll, we'll see what happens there. For sure. I will say the finals, I think, chose a good time to launch i think it's quite good now because at least in the shooter space 
uh, I think they're going to have like a fairly open window for a month or two here where they can stay in the news and their first season can drop with a bit of hype. I think they're, they've chosen a pretty good time here. So that, that much I can give them already. And I do, yeah, hope to see more from it. I agree. Um, let me see if I can link to the next story from this. Something I don't want to see more of is uh, the digitalization of our world, John. Uh, Not your best link, okay. <clears throat> I tried solid. a little yeah, yeah. try hard. Now, uh, today we're going to talk about ownership of the product you buy. Um, Ubisoft has a subscription service called Ubisoft Plus, and they recently changed some things around. I think they added some new tiers. Who gives a crap? What is interesting about this is that the... <laughs> I need to look up the official title. I think it's head of subscription. Director of subscriptions. Um, Philippe... Philippe Tremblay, I think. It's either Tremblay or Trembley. Um, gave an interview about Ubisoft Plus and about the state of subscription services and digital gaming. <laughs> and has said a, a, a pretty concerning thing, uh, which, which, which has been a topic for a while and will keep us, um, will keep being a topic for, for years. Uh, he kind of talked about the digitalization of the video game market and about um, how in movies and music, DVDs and CDs have just so drastically gone down in, in sales. And uh, that's happening with, with games as well, of course. The the, the um, physical market is still pretty strong, but it is shrinking by the day. And the, the digital is just becoming so much more dominant. And he said the sentence, um, which... <laughs> um, yeah, he talks the sound about. Everyone's gonna remember, right? Oh now. yeah, yeah. So he talks about how this the stuff shifted with DVDs and CDs. Then he says, "I quote: That's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games, as gamers grow comfortable in that aspect uh, of like not owning your games. You know, not owning a DVD, a physical, a Blu-ray, whatever. Uh, as gamers grow comfortable in that aspect, you don't you 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 don't lose your your progress. And then he talks about." Blah blah blah. You can always play at any time. You're not tied to like this physical thing, and I think that's fucking terrible. Um, as much as I like something like Game Pass, it does concern me sometimes. And like it's been a thing where I've, I I played games on Game Pass, like Desperados, Free or Signalis, two examples. I played for them on Game Pass and then bought them in Steam sales. And there you have another issue because even if you buy a game on Steam, you don't own the game. You own um. Own a license. You own a license right, to play the game. Like this, yeah. And it's like, it's the kind of thing that we don't really want to think about. But like, what happens if like Steam shuts down? Like, what happens if the company, if Valve is like, and like this could happen in like eighty years or something, right? But it could still happen. It's kind of unimaginable now. But what happens if like, uh, you have all of these Ubisoft games on your Ubisoft Connect and your you 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 subscribe to Ubisoft Plus and the company shuts down, it's all gone, right? Like that is really bad, and I think it's something actually that will always have a certain. I think the physical market will always kind of cling on. I think they will never be like a hundred percent digital thing, but it will become smaller and smaller in games. There's like some exceptions like Nintendo's physical market is still very strong. I think they make like over 50% of the sales physical, maybe even like 60 or something. But yeah, it's 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 the future that kind of these companies obviously want because they have more control over over the product and so on. 
And it's something that's yeah, that's yeah. been talked about so much. And 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 every time I hear them, I, I want to cringe. Like I think it's so awful. Yeah, you're absolutely right about more control. The uh, PlayStation sales for you, you know, oh, it really does take away that wonderful kind of secondhand market. Which mm. I, I've got to admit, you know, I've been uh, quite a heathen here. I I went full digital in I don't know 2015, 2014, honestly, with the PS4. I was basically just buying digital then. But I do remember, uh, obviously, lots of fond memories of 360 and original Xbox generation. I was an Xbox kid. But going to, like, those second-hand uh, game stores and being able to, like, for a pound or two or, you know, maybe four pound, five pound, six pound, just getting, like, a brand-new experience that you get to go home and really, you know, even if it does only last a weekend, you get a great weekend of, like, trying a new game. And I'm sad that that market uh, will die, as you say, because they'll just have more control. They'll be able to make sure that you can never resell things and get any value back, uh, which, of course, is just not good for the consumer. And and while they can sweeten the deal at the moment, you know, they can do things like that last of us one where if you get it digital, you'd only get a 10 thingy upgrade. Believe you me, as soon as they've got us all on digital, you can kiss goodbye to those sweet, sweet digital benefits. They'll hike the prices up and there's nothing we'll be able to do. They just need to convince us all that one day they can do a gener- like a console generation that's completely digital. I think we're close. I think it would still be like a PR suicide to go complete digital on the next consoles. I think we're like a console and a two away, but I think that's coming. I think sadly that that day will come where that's- they you know the PS Seven or whatever is digital only. Well, uh, it's kind of happening already because if you remember, I mean this still has to become reality. But do you remember those like leaked Microsoft documents where? Ah, uh, yes, the AI console, the AI box or whatever. Uh, not just that, like new iterations of the series consoles, which uh, which haven't been announced yet, but are probably coming, which are all digital. Like even the X, which is, which is right now, um, has a disk drive. The new version wouldn't. And it's like... So you would still get like the higher, the, the better uh, GPU, you know, the high, more memory and stuff with the X, but you just wouldn't get... So they're trying to normalize it as even like a luxury option now. It's not just like a... Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> I see. Yeah, not um, just like the cost savers version. And like, I mean, makes, makes sense with Microsoft, right? Because they're all about Game Pass. They're all about like uh, this 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 ecosystem and they're, they're putting a lot of effort into... Um, I always forget what it's officially called now. The, the, their cloud service, um, uh, formerly known as xCloud, they don't care anymore about physical. They don't sell. They barely sell consoles, and and they definitely don't sell games. They they, they don't even have games. Um, Game Pass is full of like third party stuff, but that's kind of a. Well, with Xbox, it's, it's it kind of almost doesn't matter to me in 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 a sense. But like I said. Uh, that is something I am missing with Game Pass, where it's like, oh yeah, I have played through these games, and so that's fantastic. But I can never go again. Like that. Also, games regularly leave the service, and I cannot go back to them. And and um, yeah. Also, the the reselling stuff obviously falls through. I have to say, I'm obviously also very digital. Like I own over six hundred games on Steam, and I have to say, as a Steam Deck owner, that has been incredibly nice to just have like this big digital library. Yeah, imagine uh, having to get yeah. hold of ROMs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, but like for PS2 games. Um, yeah, it's just the cynic in me, or like the the uh, more like the idealist in me, still doesn't want to believe in this like all digital, all streaming future. 
And part of me still thinks like, oh, people from Ubisoft or Microsoft say these things for shareholders because it's like exciting and buzzy new thing. It's like how everyone fucking talked about AI last year, no matter no matter what the actual product was. But yeah, I I I wonder if we'll ever get there where like the next Xbox thing is just like a stick. I mean, a stick you put in your TV, like the Amazon Fire Stick or something. <laughs> And you just stream everything through the power of the cloud. I I, I forgot what the... I hope not. God, I, I hate the idea yeah. of that. But yeah, the big companies want that. And another cool thing about physical is that like I played... When I have a PS4, I have actually a lot of physical PS4 games. And I played a lot of the biggest games on the console on uh, uh, through physical copies that I borrowed from the library. Like The Last of Us Part Two. God of War 2018, uh, Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man, Sekiro. I borrowed all of these games from the library. I didn't pay it. I bought, That's uh, the thing of the past, Faris. There's not going to be there's not no. going to be libraries in 2030. <laughs> well, not um, in the sorry. US, but uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, that kind of stuff is like ugh, it's a shame. And I think we're we're kind of maybe the last generation that will think that way. And be like still still a little nostalgic about oh do you remember when we had discs? <laughs> That's probably the dark future. I feel like it's the uh just sadly it's the we can't stop it. It's just the uh yeah. <laughs> It's just the passage of time. That's, that's what's going to happen, Faris, I'm afraid. I mean, maybe not. Maybe Bill can put up more of a fight, but I just see it. It's so obviously economically great and beneficial for these companies. I can't see... I just think they're going to keep pushing on it so relentlessly that they'll just be the last few holdouts. I think, as we say, we'll have a generation more on console of still getting disk drives, at least in a certain version. And then I imagine from the one after, it'll be pure digital. Yeah, probably. Something um, like that. One more thing I want to mention here, which I always found uh, interesting, was uh, it's good old gaming, which is um, or GOG, as as <laughs> as it's more commonly known as, uh, which is CD Projects um, market, and it is mostly focused on old games. But you can buy tons of new games there as well, like uh, especially indie games for party titles, obviously their own stuff, um, and I think. I think every game you buy there is DRM free, which means like you can just download the files and do whatever you want with them. Um, That's awesome. W which is, I think, a, a good kind of middle ground of like, yeah, it's digital, but then you can actually get at least the files, right? And at least you you do own the game in that sense. And I can't put Heroes of Might and Magic free or, or Cyberpunk 2077 on a USB drive and do whatever I want with it, right? Um, I wonder if we'll ever go more into that direction, especially if um, stuff like that is often also a matter of law. If, if you think of all the pretty strict like data uh, laws in, in, in Europe, in the European Union, um, I wonder if that kind of stuff will, will ever um, change. I mean, it will definitely change, but maybe uh, companies will be forced to go more into that direction um, the more digital becomes prevalent. I I I wouldn't mind that less than than just having this, sure. like you're buying the license thing. Yeah, I would I would love it if uh, politicians would stand up to uh, <laughs> big It'll PlayStation. Happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually. I mean, yeah. I hope I hope they I hope they do. I don't want to be renting a license. I would like to just be owning something. But 
At the moment, we play by their games and their Steam sales. So they woo oh. us in with Steam sales, and I leave my uh, morals at the door when exactly. I can get great games for seven dollars or something. Yeah, they know how to play us. Um, they always give me sad the times. Well, um, that that's enough of that. I think uh, we're at the end of the news, John. Do you have anything to look forward to? No, I mean, well, we spoke about it last week, but we've got the Last of Us, the new Last of Us game this. Friday, maybe Thursday. Friday. We've got uh, the uh, Friday. The uh, well, Last of Us Two remastered. Uh, it looked great on the old console. I don't expect anything. I don't think I'll play the story again, but I'll get it to play No Return this weekend, which is their new mode where you can kind of endlessly run through encounters. And if you just want to jump into the action, the mechanical fun of uh, the Last of Us, I think it'll scratch the itch that the lack of multiplayer has uh, caused. Yeah. Um... Well, that was it for episode 97 of the Game Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please, if you like this episode, share it. Um, give us a five-star review. It's much, much appreciated. And yeah, until next week. Bye. Bye-bye.